Please turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 92. Psalm 92. And please stand as we read God's Word together. Psalm 92, beginning in verse 1. Psalm 92, a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered, but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to your word, we thank you for it. We thank you that it is true and it is for us today, as it was for the people of long ago. Lord, quiet our hearts, open our minds, help us to receive the truth that is in your word. Lord, help us to submit to it and to rejoice in it. We pray your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was driving to church on Sunday, my wife and I saw a man, it was a homeless man with a sign, and it said something like, homeless, hungry, anything will help, thanks. You've probably seen the sign before, something like that. But the thanks at the end, it was kind of at the end, it seemed to be tacked on at the end as just a formality. I don't know the guy, maybe he was a thankful person after all. But often we do that in our prayers. We kind of just tack on our thanks to the end of our prayers as a sort of formality. We say, God, I need this, I need this, and I need that, and thanks, God. Isn't that how we often do it? The psalmist says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. To the psalmist, giving thanks was not just an afterthought or a formality. It was something very special. And the Hebrew word good here denotes pleasant, agreeable, excellent, valuable, appropriate, or morally good. According to the lexicon, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. Thanksgiving is a beautiful thing. Psalms 33 and 147 in verse 1 of, of both of those psalms, Psalm 33, 1 and 147, 1, both say that praise is comely for the upright. Comely. What is comely? We don't use that word much, but it means fitting, and it also can mean beautiful. It's saying that when we thank God, it's beautiful. And we are beautiful when we thank God. This... Um, teaching or message originated as I was driving to Iowa and listening to a message of a pastor friend from long ago, Pastor Jim Handyside, who was in Scotland and now is in heaven. And he was preaching on the gospel, but he mentioned this verse and it came to my mind and I thought about it and I really wanted to preach or teach on it. 
And the Lord gave me some practical ways to give thanks to him as we traveled along and found that our tire was coming apart. And then the Lord provided us just at the right time a place to take care of the tire. And we were so thankful that after we left, 15 minutes later, they closed. And the Lord was very merciful to us. And we thank him. And it was an opportunity to even give thanks to to the Lord and tell others about it along the way. So basically, today we are going to look at this theme. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. We aren't going to look at the whole psalm, though we'll look at some aspects of the psalm. It'll be more of a textual or a topical study as we teach on thankfulness, how it is good for us and how it is good in reference to God. First of all, thankfulness is good for us. Thankfulness is good for us. Man is made up in three parts, we can say, the body, the mind, and the soul. So the body, thankfulness is good for us physically. Dr. Robert Edmonds at UC Davis, he's a psychologist, and I'm not a psychologist, but he said something that was interesting. He said, it Thankfulness or gratitude can lower your blood pressure, improve your immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. Gratitude reduces lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders, and is a key resiliency factor in the prevention of suicide. Practicing gratitude also affects behavior. Studies have shown that grateful people engage in more exercise have better dietary behaviors, are less likely to smoke and abuse, abuse alcohol, and have higher rates of medication adherence, factors that translate into a healthier and happier life. So basically, he's saying that thankfulness is good for your body. And I believe that's true. We all know that anxiety can have adverse effects on your body. Complaining, bitterness at hard providences can have hard, adverse and ill effects on our body. I thought of a few people in scripture. We think of um, good old Ahab, the king, not good, but old Ahab who was there on his bed. Why was he on his bed? He was not on his bed because he was sick or because he had a cold or the flu. He was on his bed because he was was unthankful because Naboth would not give him his vineyard. And so he was there, in a sense, almost sick with unthankfulness. In, in Samuel, 1 Samuel 25, the, the man Nabal, David had sent his men to Nabal because Nabal had sheep. And his men, David's men, were watching and protecting Nabal's men and their sheep in the wilderness. And so David goes and sends his men to Nabal and asks them for a blessing, asks them for a, a gift because it's a time of, of the sheep shearing time and a time of party and feasting. He says, can you give me something? And, and Nabal is very, very rough. And he says, I don't know who David is. And he sends him away with nothing, sends the, the men away with nothing. Well, Nabal is a difficult person. And da- David gathers his men and they get on their swords and they're ready to go and fight and destroy Nabal. In the story, we know the, the, the history of what happened. Abigail, the wife of Nabal, was a godly woman. And she knew what was happening. And she went and she helped protect her husband and also provide for David, bringing all this food on the animals, on the, the donkeys. So what happens after all of this happens? And she pacifies David. And then after her husband is drunk, then he gets out off his hangover, and she tells him what happened. Instead of being thankful for what David did, instead of being thankful for what Abigail did, and instead of being thankful 
for what he had and sharing it with others. Instead, his heart became like a stone, and then the Lord smote him, and he died. Thankfulness, unthankfulness, we can say, in a sense, was part of what destroyed Nabal. Herod, the king, in the book of Acts, when he was speaking and the people were listening to him and they said, the voice is the voice of a God and not of a man. He didn't give glory to God. He didn't show thankfulness to God. And then God smote him. And he was eaten of worms and he died. Maybe you can think of other examples from history or from the Bible or from your life how thankfulness is good for us physically. But we can see that our bodies and our souls are connected. Gratitude is good for our bodies. Gratitude is also good for our minds. Gratitude is good for our minds. Thankfulness. One of the important aspects of thankfulness is remembering. We can't be thankful if we don't remember. At least we can't be thankful for the past things that God has done. The Old Testament Jews, one of their signal sins was that they forgot him and did not give him thanks. In Psalm 106, 21, the scripture says they forgot God their Savior who had done great things in Egypt. Forgetting God, his person and works is the essence of ingratitude. That's what ingratitude is. It's forgetting what God has done, forgetting to thank him. So thankfulness is good for our minds because it stirs up our memory to think on the works of God in the past. If you think about it, people who have very bright minds are often thankful people. I think of a certain man of the past. His name was George Mueller, and he constantly had faith in the promises of God. He constantly exercised faith in the promises of God and would ask God to, to do things, whether to save people or to work or to, to provide for the orphans. But he was also a man who remembered what God had done in the past. He wrote it down and he told others about it and he remembered it. He gave thanks. And that thanksgiving, I believe, strengthened his mind and his memory. I remember Pastor Shelton, who preached in this pulpit many, many years. He was a man who was constantly, similar to George Mueller, constantly trusting God's promises, but also constantly giving thanks to what God, to God for what he had done in the past. He was constantly telling stories of what God had done, strengthening his memory, and he was a man with a bright mind until the end. Gratitude is good for our minds. Gratitude is also good for our souls. It's good for our souls. It is good for our faith. Remembering the feats of God in history and in our own lives gives confidence to face the trials of the present and the future. So as we look at what God has done, as we think about it and we're thankful for it, it will strengthen our faith to face what he has for us in the future, to trust his promises for the future. So thankfulness is fed by and feeds our faith. Thankfulness also strengthens and builds our love. We see that in Paul's life as he thanks God for his fellow believers, as he thanks God for Christians, for other Christians. Thankfulness builds our hope. Confident expectation of the future is encouraged by thanking God for his past work. So as we, as we thank God for what he's done in the past, even for what he's doing now, it can give us confidence for what he will do, as he has said, in the future. Thankfulness is good for our joy. Go back to our text in Psalm 92. Psalm 92. 
He starts, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Thankfulness or gratitude lifts us up from the despondency of our circumstances and focuses our attention on the things like God's loving kindness, His faithfulness, who He is and what He's done and what He's promised to do and to be for us. He says, Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound, for Thou, Lord, hast made me glad through Thy work. I will triumph in the works of Thy hands. Gratitude brings joy. Thankfulness is a part of the formula for a peaceful heart. Notice we said, Thankfulness feeds our faith, it feeds our love, it feeds our hope, it feeds our joy, but it also brings peace. We see that in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. What's the formula for an anxious Christian? Philippians 4, 6. Be careful or anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. That's the, that's the directive, that's the command, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Here's the formula, prayer and supplication plus thanksgiving. Often we do the prayer and supplication, but we might neglect the thanksgiving. He says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We don't expect the peace of God to come if we don't come to God in prayer and supplication. But do we expect the peace of God to come if we come in prayer and supplication without thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is part of the antidote for anxiety. It also prepares us for petitions or supplications. We see that in the same passage, that part of our petitions and our supplications, or, or really a part of them, is to be thanksgiving, that they can't be separated from thanksgiving. We can't have, we can't have true petitions and supplications divorced from thanksgiving. Our petitions will not have the same power without thanksgiving. Think about a child or a servant who never thanks their parent or their king. Never thanks, only give me, give me, give me. Ask, ask, ask. Thanksgiving is a springboard for our petitions. Psalm 116, 1 and 2 says the following, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. That's Psalm 116, 1 and 2. David is saying, because God has heard me, because he has answered my prayer, I'm thankful and I will call upon him as long as I live. Thankfulness leads to prayer, or should lead to prayer. Thankfulness also fits us for service. Fits us for service. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, we read Colossians three seventeen. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything we do is a service to God. Everything we do should be and is, can be done, well, should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as a service to Him. Whether it's picking orders, whether it's sweeping the floor, whether it's cleaning the bathroom or changing diapers or washing the dishes, doing school, studying Hebrew. <laughs> Whatsoever you do, do in, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. But he adds something here, giving thanks to God 
and the Father by Him. Thankfulness helps us in our service to God and is a part of our service to God. Thankfulness strengthens us for obedience and victory over sin. And it might not be the best verse for it, but I think it's applicable. Romans chapter 7 and verse 24 and 25. Here the Apostle Paul is dealing with the struggle, I believe, between the flesh and the spirit. And he says in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Thankfulness to God for what he has provided us in Christ gives us the power and the impetus to obey and have victory over sin, to mortify the flesh and all of the things that we see in Romans chapter 8. Thankfulness is inseparable from Christian growth. Thankfulness, inseparable from Christian growth. We see that in Colossians 2, verse 7. Here in verse 6, he says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So he's talking about our Christian walk. As you started, received him as Lord, walk in him. So it's a Christian walk, Christian life, Christian behavior. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So he's talking about the Christian walk. Then in verse 7, he's talking about growth. He's talking about being rooted and built up, maybe like a tree rooted down in the ground and built up, or even a building being built with a foundation and growing up in Christ. But then he says, Established in the faith, which is, could be the, the teaching of the word of God. And as you've been taught, and then he says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So that growth, part of it, and inseparable from it, is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving will be a part of our lives in heaven. Some things will cease in heaven. Marriage will cease in heaven. Um, other things, we don't know how it will be exactly, whether we'll have what kind of things, what kind of food or what kind of animals or whatever is in heaven, but we know there will be thanksgiving. Revelation seven twelve speaks of the vision that the Apostle John had, as he said, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. The angels, the beasts, the multitude, all in heaven are filled with thanksgiving. Gratitude. Christians can never escape from thanksgiving. And they shouldn't want to. Gratitude is good for our souls as well as our bodies and our minds. Ingratitude is bad for us physically. It is bad for us mentally. It is bad for us spiritually. Instead of faith, joy, love, and peace, we have unbelief, depression, despondency, complaining, and doubt. Ingratitude totally unfits us for prayer and takes the heart out of our petitions, making us totally unprepared for prayer. It unfits us for service, for obedience, and for victory over sin. It stunts our spiritual growth, and it does not prepare us for heaven. Well, we've seen how thankfulness is good for us. But it's not all about us. We shouldn't just go away thinking about ourselves and what we can get out of things. And, but it's good, helpful to think about these things. But thankfulness is also good from God's perspective. It is good because God commands it. It is God's will for you and for me. 
I was convicted and encouraged tonight. It seemed like I was seeing others praying thankful, thankful, thankfully more than I myself tend to, and I need this message probably more than anybody here, so it's for me. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 shows us that thankfulness is commanded. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, a familiar passage. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. Even in the trials, right? Even in the flat tires or separating tires. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So it is God's command and it is God's will. And... It is good because God commands it. It is morally good. It is part of what we were made to do. It, we were made to be thankful. Psalm 100 shows that so clearly. The fact that we were created and redeemed calls for thanksgiving. And I love that in Psalm 100 where he says... Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his, his pasture. God is the one who has made us. <coughs> Excuse me. He is the one who has created us. We are not just able to decide whatever we want to be, and whatever we want to behave like, and however we want to do. But God has made us in his image, he has made us in a particular way, and he's made us for a purpose. And that purpose is to bring him glory. Where his sheep and his people, the sheep of his pasture specifically, the ones who have been converted, the ones who have been saved, but all people have been made by God. So in a sense, all of us owe God thanksgiving because we're created by him. We're made by him. We've been given life. We've been given so many blessings by him. But more so, those who have been redeemed, we owe him our all because he gave his life for us. He gave his son and he gave us everything that he had. Amen. What more could he give than giving his son? And so we owe thanksgiving to the Lord. Then he says in verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Colossians 3.15 Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be thankful. Could be translated, keep on becoming thankful. That's from A.T. Robertson. It's a continuous obligation. It's not just a one-time thing. Maybe Wednesday night you, you be thankful, but you can complain the rest of the week. Maybe Sunday and Wednesday, but the rest of the week, you know, you don't have to be thankful. But be continually being thankful. As we look at the world around us, we don't see this good which is thankfulness. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, but as we look at the world around us, we can say with the psalmist, who will show us any good? We don't see that thankfulness. Romans 1 tells us that one of the key elements of worldliness is unthankfulness. They knew something about God, but they, were, they didn't glorify God and neither were thankful. Romans 1.21. And this ingratitude has led to cursing, to swearing, to foul language, and complaining and murmuring when things do not go the way of the person in the world. Think about how the following sins have sprung from the garden bed of an unthankful heart. 
Think about these sins. Covetousness comes from unthankfulness. Lust. You're not thankful for what God has given you or where God has you. Murder. Definitely not thankful for that person or their their influence in your life. Pride. Selfishness. It all is related to unthankfulness or ingratitude. Hatred and bitterness. This Thankfulness is what Joseph used to fight against bitterness. You know what happened? His brothers came to him after his father had died, and they, they asked him to, basically they told a story to ask him to forgive them in a sense because they said that the, their father had, had asked for them. So Joseph tells them, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to save much people alive. Joseph didn't focus on what they had done, which would have led to bitterness and to revenge and anger and hatred, but instead he focused on thankfulness of what God meant out of it all that God meant it for good. And that thankfulness nullified and destroyed the bitterness that would have come up in Joseph's life. The sin of ingratitude leads to complaining. It leads to envy and jealousy. We were saved to give God thanks. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12 says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Why did God do wonderful things in your life? Why has he done those things? if it's not that you might give him thanks. God's daily mercies call for thanksgiving. That scripture that we like to repeat time after time in church, what is it? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his endureth forever. Amen. And that word mercy is his kesed, his, the, the Hebrew is, his covenant love, his steadfast love, his committed love to his people. And we see that time after time in our lives, his faithful love. And it calls for thanksgiving. It doesn't call for silence. It calls for us to say, thank you, Lord, and to speak it to others as well. Thankfulness gives God the glory. And I, I have a, the Lord's given us a beautiful picture of that. In Luke 17. And the story of the ten lepers. In verse 11. Luke 17 verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. That he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers. Which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said. Jesus master have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Wonderful story of deliverance, right? But notice the rest of the story. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Here, we see that thanksgiving glorifies God. It glorifies Christ, and it glorifies the Father. Thanksgiving glorifies God. What was one of the main sins of the people of Israel in the wilderness? What was one of their main sins? Well, idolatry was one of them, but it seems like one of the main sins, according to even Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, was murmuring in complaining. They didn't believe, and because of that unbelief, they complained and they murmured and they said, God doesn't care and all of that. They had wrong ideas about God and they didn't give God glory. And they had unthankful hearts. 
Basically, it was a denial of who God is. And God said in Exodus 16, he said, I'm going to show them that I'm the Lord. Basically, Exodus 16, 12, we can look at that together. Exodus 16, 12. People had complained, they had murmured and against Moses, and God says, well, they haven't murmured against Moses only. Verse 8, your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And then God hears their murmurings. In verse 12, he says, at even you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. God showed them who he was. But still, they complained, they murmured. And this ingratitude, this murmuring, said the following things. It said that God does not care about his people. That's what it said. It, it, it was saying and preaching that God is not sovereign. He's not in control. That God is not involved in, in, in our lives. That he is a distant God. That he is not wise in his dealings. That he is not able or powerful to deal with this situation. And that's what unthankfulness is saying when we're unthankful. When we complain, when we're anxious, when we doubt God, when we're unthankful, this is what we are saying to ourselves and to others. But thankfulness says the opposite. You know what thankfulness says? God does care about his people. Thankfulness tells the world that God is sovereign. Thankfulness tells others that he is intimately involved in our lives, that he is all wise in his dealings, that he is all powerful and able to handle anything, that all his works are good and right. So we've seen that thankfulness is good for us. We've also seen that it is good in reference to God. We've seen that ingratitude is bad for us. And we see here that ingratitude is morally evil. It is a direct disobedience or opposition to God's command. It is a twisting or a perversion of what we were made for originally. It does not glorify God. It's destructive, dangerous, and deadly. So why do we resort to it so often? Well, we've been seeing how Gratitude is good in reference to God or from God's perspective. First of all, we saw that God commands it. Then we see that it glorifies God. But gratitude also reminds us of things about God. It reminds us of the person of God. And so we, we can be thankful for who God is, his nature, his attributes, his power, and his sovereignty. It reminds us of the works of God in history. It reminds us of the works of God in our lives and of the promises of God. So gratitude focuses our attention on God. Not on ourselves, not on our circumstances, but on God and what he's done for us. So let's apply these things. Let's think about how we can thank God. Some ways that we can thank God. First of all, remember. Don't forget. Don't let your mind be clouded by the things around you. Don't let your mind get spiritual Alzheimer's. But remember, take time to think on what God has done for you in the past. Also pray. Tell God thank you. It's a simple thing. Praise Him. Sing to Him. In the psalm that we read for our main heading or passage was Psalm 92. And it spoke of this. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Some of the early Baptists didn't believe in singing. But clearly, from Scripture, we have singing in Ephesians, singing in Revelation, singing in the Psalms. And I think it's hard to get away from singing. So we are to praise God and thank Him in singing. Even musical instruments are involved in verse 3. 
upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. Another thing we can do is to record the things we're thankful for. Write it down. Write it down so that you can remember it later and so that you can tell others about it or others could read it. So journal. Write it down for future reference and reminder. Write a list. And don't just say, I'm thankful for my family, my church, and my job. But write specific things, why you're thankful for those things, or the specific people, because if you don't get specific, it can be just easy to generalize and not really be sincere. Then fifthly, tell others. Give God the praise. Don't keep it in. And don't hide his praises. I'm thankful for my brother Gage as an example for that. Don't be shy and don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. Beautiful picture of this in Genesis 24. Abraham's servant as he is asking God in a public marketplace at a well for a wife for Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham's servant has been sent to the, the, the place where Abraham came from, and Abraham's servant, probably Eliezer, he's looking for a wife. He's like, how do I find a wife? Well, he prays there at the well. And after he prays, God hears his prayer. And this girl comes up, and she has a pitcher for water, and he says, can I have some water? And she gives him the water, and she says, I'll feed, well, give water to your camels, and to your men. And he's waiting, and then he asks where she's from, and she tells him she's from the family of Abraham. And he's so shocked and so excited, and he prays and gives thanks right there in the middle of the street, and he's just praising God. I think we need to have more of that. We're so ashamed of God that we don't want to say his name, we don't want to say, Maybe just a little thank God, but we're, we're ashamed. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying me. We're ashamed of the name of God. And we need to be bold in thanking God and giving Him glory, even in public. Amen. And others can learn to give thanks as well. So what should we thank God for? We said some of it earlier. We can thank God for who He is. The psalmist does that. He says to sing praise unto thy name, O Most High. He's in verse, Psalm 92, verse 1. He's talking about God's sovereignty and His greatness. And then we can also give thanks to God for what He has done in history. And we see that in Psalm 92. We see the psalmist, probably David, is thanking God for His works for how God works in the lives of his people and in the lives of the unbelievers, how he brings judgment in the lives of, of the lost and of, of those who persist in their unbelief, and that he also blesses and is, shows his mercy upon the righteous, upon those who trust in him. So we see that, that twofold God's judgments and God's blessings in this psalm and he's praising God for it and thanking him for it and saying, You have made me glad through your work in verse 4. Thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. We should praise God, thank God for what he has done in history. And one of the greatest things that he's done in history is his unspeakable gift. And that is Christ. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be unto God. God has given us a gift. And that gift is His Son. We are to be thankful for that. Christ is the gift of the ages. The gift of God to us. What a wonderful gift. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God has given the greatest gift that could be given, and we are to be thankful for that gift. We are to be thankful for what God has done in our lives. 
And that's the application of his grace, the application of what Christ is and has done as he brings that to pass in our lives. Paul thanked God for doing this in the life of the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So Paul is thanking God for working in these people, in these brethren, first of all, for choosing them. And that's election. And secondly, for sanctifying them. That's the work of the Spirit. And then giving them, well, we wouldn't say in order, but there's also giving them faith in the truth. And that is the work of the Spirit as well. So there's so many things we can be thankful for. We can be thankful for God's working in our lives for election, for calling, for conversion, for forgiveness, for preservation, protection, provision, deliverance, keeping us from sin, overcoming temptation, and finally, that he will glorify us in the end, that he will resurrect us and give us new bodies, that we will be with him forever. We can be thankful that what he has promised to do, that he will do it. We can be thankful for our fellow fellow believers. Do you thank God for other people? Paul did. Constantly. In his, in his books, he's saying, I'm thankful for you. I give thanks for you. And it's really pretty impressive how he says it. In Ephesians 1.16, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Philippians 1.3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Wow. 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Paul was thankful for other people, and he did give thanks for them in his prayers. I wonder, I should give more thanks for other people. Seventhly, thankfulness should be for all things. And we saw that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. All things, in everything, give thanks. Not in some things. Maybe we didn't read Ephesians 5, 20. So let's read that together, or I'll read it. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some things are hard. We can say, how can I give thanks for this? Well, you can at least give thanks because God works all things together for good to them that love God and that are the called according to his purpose. So I can ask the question, are you a thankful person? Am I a thankful person? Is there any beauty in your life? Is there any good in your life? Is the beautiful rose of thankfulness blooming in your soul? Or is your life an ugly, arid landscape of ingratitude? Are you a thankful person? Do you have anything to be thankful for? Do you have anything that happened today that you can be thankful for? How about this week? Or do you tend to gripe and complain most of the time? That's one of the sins that I have to mortify by God's grace. Have you taken time recently to give thanks? I encourage you to do it. When we read in Luke 17, maybe you noticed that we stopped at verse 16 and we didn't finish the story. Because the story kept on going, and Jesus answering said to the, about the Samaritan leper, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. The question for us today is, where are the nine? Where are the nine? Where are, I I think in a way, this is a pictorial 
miracle because in a way Christ is picturing for us all the Jews who had rejected his gospel, who had not been thankful. Though Jesus had come in the flesh, he had come in his person. He had come as the the son of God, as the gift to all men, as the one to save us from our sins, giving that wonderful message, healing and doing mighty works. And he had come and the people of the Jews responded with ingratitude. The question for us is, have we shown an ungrateful heart toward Jesus Christ? His word is being preached time after time in this, in this place. It's being read and it's being taught time after time in our homes. How is our response? How is your response toward Jesus Christ? Are you one of the nine? Or are you the tenth leper returning to give glory to God? I remember hearing, I didn't read it, but I heard from someone that a Catholic priest was saved in Arthur W. Pink's preaching. And he told him what message it was or what night it was that he got saved. And A.W. Pink said, it couldn't be. I didn't preach the gospel that night. And he said, no, you preached on thankfulness. And God convicted me how unthankful I was, if I'm remembering it right. May God use this message in the lives of each one of us to show us our hearts and help us to be grateful to him. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you for your word. We pray that you would Work in the lives of those who do not know Christ. Work in the lives of us who do know Christ. Lord, how ungrateful we have been. Lord, we can, I confess. Lord, be merciful that we would see more what you've done for us. And that our hearts would overflow with thankfulness and gratitude. Lord, be merciful that you would not have to show your wrath, so that we might bring gratitude from our hearts. Lord, be merciful and bring this beautiful fruit to bear in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name.